how to be ready and when you are ready for advertising. Spreaker announces follower tracking in CMS tools and your comments and questions. Well, welcome again to the Speaker Live Show, episode 117 for June 28th. It's amazing how it's like we're almost all the way into summer here in the up in the U.S. And uh, I know down in the southern parts of the of the planet, uh, it's uh, it's getting to be winter down there. So if you're listening to us from Australia, you know it's time to get some some cold weather. So, but anyway, my name is Rob Greenley. And I'm the head of content at Spreaker, and thanks for downloading us or just clicking play to hear us from uh, all parts of the of, of the internet. If you happen to be going to SpreakerLiveShow.com, it's a great place to to catch us. If you're listening to us on iTunes, and and if you want to listen to the live show every week that that we do, um, we stream this live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern from SpreakerLiveShow.com. So if you want to check us out. Uh, when we do the the live show and make comments uh, while the show is happening, we'd love to have you um, with us. But if you can't fit it into your schedule, obviously we're available on demand anywhere uh, in iTunes, uh, Stitcher, um, I believe TuneIn, and we also have our own apps out there too on iOS and Android uh, called the Speaker Live Show apps. So it gives you access to all the archives uh, I would say, Alex, we have a fair amount of, of content that uh, isn't timely, that has value over the, the long term, would you say, or the the term evergreen content. So I think we have some of that. Alex, Drop, thanks for joining me on of, the show. Yeah. Dropping a lot of buzzwords on me at the beginning of the show there. I know. <laughs> we're just, uh, it's just coming out of my mouth like a machine gun. So. You're so, used to talk, speaking all this jargon at your retreat with Spreaker. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> totally what it is. It must be. It must be. But Alex, thanks for joining me. So Alex is the host of the XM Experience podcast on Spreaker, and yes, uh, he's my my trusty uh, color man, as they say, uh, on this show. <laughs> Love it. He adds that little spice, real world reality, and uh, he just has a dynamic personality, and it just it, it's a good compliment because I'm. I'm such a kind of like a monotone, cool cat kind of a guy. So um, (laughs) Alex Alex adds a little bit of spice to the program, and it's always great to have him on. Thank you for the compliment. I'm the paprika. Paprika. paprika? That's that's a good one. Or the the peppercorn. The cayenne pepper. You're the peppercorn of the show. Peppercorn. There you go. Thank you. And you're the you're the. uh, soothing, calm reality that we yes, all Yes, I'm the butter of the thing. mix, yes. <laughs> the butter? I love it. Oh, man. We're cooking up quite a recipe over here. Quite a We stir. are. So this episode, we're, we're going to be pretty focused on a couple of core topics, like I kind of lead in at the top of the show. We're going to talk a little bit about um, whether or not your show is ready for advertising and kind of how you get there a little bit. And we're also going to talk about uh, some announcement that happened on Spreaker this week uh, around follower tracking. And so let's just go ahead and jump into that. Uh, There was a blog post posted to the Spreaker blog. If you go to um, blog.spreaker.com, you can read the article um, where we announce uh, a little deeper engagement um, in the tools around um, following your followers and your patterns with that. I think it's an interesting topic, and and you know it's a it's kind of a new data point to our CMS system. 
So we're looking at trying to expand on helping you build your, your community on the platform. And I think that's an important thing to do. Um, but I think that there are some other things to talk about. Alex, what's been your experience with uh, followers on, on Spreaker? Well, I've mentioned this before, and I am mystified by the whole follower paradigm mm-hmm. on Spreaker. Now, mm-hmm. I, it's kind of straightforward, I think, on some other platforms, just in my opinion. Uh, Twitter, right? If you don't have at least a couple thousand followers, it's probably not going to do you much good, right? A yeah. couple hundred followers maybe, but not really, and they have to be genuine followers. We all know you can buy followers, so forget that. Yeah. Um, you know, you okay, f- uh, Facebook, okay, we could talk about Facebook as to, to how valuable are those followers. Well, turns out, not very, Rob, and I know you know this, but we'll talk to my li- our listeners about this. I recently took a class on social media and advertising and all this, and I want to tell you some of those statistics that will probably shock most Facebook users. But YouTube, if you have a certain amount of subscribers, right? If you have, you know, 5,000, 10,000, you know, some people, millions of subscribers, hundreds of thousands, mm-hmm. you're going to get a certain amount of traffic just period of story. Um, I find the strange paradigm on Spreaker is that I've found, and I've said this before, many users who have done either no show or very few shows and have very few listen to have thousands of followers. And I have never broke more than, I think, 280 or 90 follows. But Mm -hmm. in my own instance, and this isn't bragging, you can just go look at my own show and you can look at our show. I mean, the the, the Spreaker live show, this show has a a good amount of followers. And I think the numbers reflect that with the users, right? I think we get a pretty good, good amount of listens. When it comes to my show, though, I don't have that many followers. I've, like I said, I've never broken the 300 mark. I think I have 280 right now. It hasn't moved in months and months and months. But on some of my shows, I do very well. Right, Rob? So I'll do on the XM yeah. Experience, some shows will do thousands of listens. So I don't know what the balance is there. I don't know if it really – I don't want to say does it matter. Well, I'd like to have more followers. I don't know what the key to getting more followers is. Sometimes I think you just need to start following more people, which I don't do. I admit I'm a terrible follower. I follow people who I know on Spreaker that follow me or if I just happen to listen to them. But I, I don't go around following people. And I think that might be part of it. Some people are just yeah. serial followers. They follow, you know, if they follow 10, 20, 100,000 people, they're just going to get a couple thousand followbacks. It's just it's the numbers. numbers. Well, I think, you know, I think what you're talking about there is kind of reciprocal followers. I think um, yeah. if you want to build your your follower tracking in Spreaker, I think a great way to do it is to go to a show, a different show than yours, that maybe uh, maybe appeals to the same type of audience, and go into their follower list and follow those people. Um, and that might, because um, people will tend to, I mean, a lot of Spreaker users don't um, have a lot of followers. So I think when they get a follower, um, they kind of respond in kind, right? They'll they'll click follow back. That doesn't necessarily directly equate to that they're going to start listening to your show. Um, right. I think it's just kind of a social um, norm, right? That when somebody likes you or follows you, you want to you know kind of reciprocate. But that doesn't mean that you're going to go listen to that show. Um, and it, it is yeah. a technique that some people use not only on uh, Spreaker, obviously, but Twitter and Facebook, mm-hmm. and sure. they will just go and follow as many people as they can to build up their following. Right. Yep. So we know that. So in my opinion, Rob, and I've always had a problem, and I've always said this, what is the key to this? How do you hack this system? I don't worry, and, I, and I'm not trying to 
dismiss the importance of followers on Spreaker's. But traditionally, I don't really worry too much about it mm-hmm. because it doesn't reflect the listens that I'm getting. So I, I'd like to have more followers, sure. But when I stopped worrying about how many followers I had, especially – and this goes for YouTube too. I was obsessed with subscribers, obsessed. You know, you have to have a certain amount of subscribers to have certain bells and whistles. So some people need that. But, you know, once I stopped worrying about it and, and really concentrated on the show and marketing it – you know, the way I normally would do, right, which is, you know, Twitter, which I use quite a bit. I'm not on Facebook, as most people know, and YouTube. And on my shows, I say, go to alexxm.com, follow me on Twitter, follow me on YouTube. So I keep, you know, in there, uh, let's say, updates, because they get an email when I do a show on Spreaker or uh, YouTube if they've signed up to get notifications. So what I'm getting at is there's other ways of doing it that I've just kind of uh, – fallen back on Rob for lack of not understanding what the hell is going on with the followers on Spreaker. Like I couldn't understand it. And you've seen it, Rob. Some of these people who haven't done, who have them, no numbers. We look at the numbers. They've still got their numbers public and they've got, you know, 5,000 followers. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, one thing too, that I've, I've noticed cause this show has about 6,200 followers. Um, is, yeah, it, it's, it's helpful if you do live shows because uh, those followers are notified uh, via email when you start doing a live show. There's an automatic email that gets sent out to those 6,200 followers. Um, the question gets back to is that email is sent out at the exact moment that you uh, start your live show. So th- there, th- mm-hmm. there's no advance notification of, of that and a lot of people don't see their emails for a day or two afterwards, right? Um, depends on how frequently they're checking their, their emails. So having an email go out like that could be a benefit for a small number of users that happen to be looking at their email at that moment, and they happen to have an extra half an hour to tune into the show live. But that's going to be a pretty small number, and I think that's that's why you don't see a lot. So... Logically, well, you would think if I've got 6,200 followers that when I go live that we would get like maybe a third of those. So we'd get 1,000 people listening to the show live, right? Well, I don't think the, the reality of it is like that. Um, I think we would get more listeners if we were able to send out a notification to people like a day before or something like that or a couple of hours before saying that you're, this show is going to be live at this time. Right. Um, but the system isn't set up like that. So yeah, timing is everything, yeah. especially when it comes to live. Right. I mean, if you're not going to that was one of the things that I struggled with when I did the show because it was a Friday. Right. When uh, we didn't do the speaker live show that week and I did the call in show, I was like, OK, is five o'clock even good? Eight o'clock Eastern time. We have a lot of East Coast listeners. Right, Rob. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, this could be a total disaster. But luckily, we got a few calls. So, you know, the, the live timing is very important. And as you said, if and some of the people that I have subscribed to broadcast like smack dab in the middle of the day when I'm working, I can't listen. And I know that's with a lot of other people. So, you know, I, I don't know. Here's the other thing, Rob. If you have, like you said, 60, um, 6,200, I think you said followers yes. that we have. Mm-hmm. You Like you said, you would think that we would get, I, I mean, even if we got 10% of that, you know, to come back and listen, um, I, you know, I, I more interaction, I'm saying. We have a very active comment section. We have a good little tribe and Spreaker Live show, right? We have people yeah. comment all the time. And, you know, I, we're still waiting for audio. I don't know why people aren't sending us audio. Send us your audio, folks. But, 
you know, they, they called in. They're active. They tweet. They, they, they follow us and they retweet our stuff. So that's great. They're, they're, they're great. I love them. But there should be more. If we have 6,200 followers, you'd think there would be even more yeah. people that would be in there active and, you know, at least, you know, asking questions and, you know, maybe leaving a comment or even the numbers, you know, spiking and peaking. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not the kind of person who tries to figure this out because I haven't I've tried to hack it before, you know, and I had at one point. I was following a bunch of people on Spreaker that I, I think were just totally inactive. And I went and cleaned up the people I was following at one point. So maybe I lost followers due to that, right? They, they saw that I wasn't following them. They didn't follow me. They said, okay, I'm not going to follow you. But it was usually people who were inactive. So I don't know, Rob. I, I mean, I, I think it's good that we can look at what our active followers are doing. I think that's great. But I still don't get the paradigm of where, where are <laughs> – What's the balance, right? How many followers yeah. do you need to grow your show, and how do you get more followers on Spreaker? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just I, I don't know. I'm not sure that there's a direct correlation between the number of followers that you have and the engagement uh, that you have with your show and the the listeners that you have because the, mm-hmm. the, these followers don't impact your your listens in places like iTunes or Stitcher or anything like that. So um, there's huge shows that have. Um, relatively small numbers of followers on Spreaker. I, I think it just mm-hmm. depends on whether or not that show is able to connect um, with the community on Spreaker or if most of their community is on some other platform or in their own app or um, other places, um, which I think right. is it, a factor it, for a lot of shows. Yeah, if they're bigger, like, some of these bigger shows that may, yeah, maybe they're not active on Spreaker, that's not really their... I guess I mean, they may publish on Spreaker. They may make their shows available utilizing the tools of Spreaker, but they're not necessarily focused on driving listeners to Spreaker, right? It might be iTunes, right? And that's where, yeah, Yeah. right. Yeah, no, I I agree. Yeah, yeah. I I think that there's fairly simple explanations for some of this stuff, Um, but it's also like it gets back to what you were saying. I mean, how do you kind of have a strategy that actually helps you? grow those numbers and then even if you have a strategy what is the what is the benefit to the program for having that strategy and i think um these are interesting discussions for spreaker as well we want to understand how we can tweak followers to make it more effective for our shows too um you know ways that we can tweak the um, when those emails may, might go out or what it means to be a follower on the platform and, and how that's of value to someone. Um, right now, it's a little bit kind of, I, I'm not sure that there's a huge amount of value there for uh, the exchange of following. It's not like Facebook, you know, where there's a lot of um, exchange. And we can talk about Facebook, too, as a yes. kind of a parallel here. Um, there's not a lot of engagement happening with Facebook either, really. Because Facebook's business model, let's be really frank about it, uh, is they sell advertising or promoted posts to to people so they can share their information with their own friends. Um, you know, based on what we understand, how Facebook and Alex, you jump in on this too. Um, it's a very small number of your followers. Uh, or friends on Facebook actually see any content that you publish to your wall um, because they want you to buy those promoted posts. Well, what's even worse is they're really subverting your posts and hiding them from your users. 
And I found yeah. out well, the statistics. It's, well, it's because they want you to buy the, the sponsored post. They want you to yeah, pay them the greedy, a certain amount of money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're greedy bastards. And the last statistic that <laughs> well, they're I private, heard, They're a public company now, so they have to make money somehow, right? They're fine. So they're selling our data on one end. They're running social experiments on the other. And now they want you to pay for that service, to have them just take your posts and not – put them anywhere so your friends can see them so the astounding statistic rob i took a class on this this weekend yeah three percent of your friends will see your posts. think of that about three percent unless you pay to play now when it comes to business and you have a business page right and you're not paying to advertise about 13 percent now i don't know why they give them much more preference but i'm sure because they go well we want this to you know appear to be working in some shape way or form and then we can get them for the advertising on the flip side of the thing, right? Then it, then it goes up from there. But think of that. If you're just po- you're just a regular user and you're posting, you're like, how come nobody's listening to my podcast? I had this conversation with Dave from Dumbing It Down with Dave well, and other Spreaker users, right? We've seen this in the comments section. We've discussed social media before. Well, when 3%, if you've got 100 people and only three of them are seeing it, I mean, what's the point? What is yeah. the point, Rob? I don't. I'm glad but I'm you might get three downloads, Alex. That's, that's that's worth it, right? Well, then and then guess what? And then it's what? It's your mom and your sister <laughs> and a friend of yours who's got a podcast who's not going to listen because he's got to do his own. Yeah. So I mean, what's the and so now you got to pay. And now if you're just a regular podcaster, are you willing to pay for advertising? Now I think the only advertising I've ever paid for, Rob. Uh, wait, have I? I, I did with Spreaker at one point. You know how you can pay for it's like you can do five or ten bucks and run a little campaign. Yeah. I did a while ago. I still think I have some credit in there. I did a little Spreaker campaign and and, and and strangely I did get more followers. And I did it around the time that Spreaker had featured me on this the content, featured content page, which yeah. was huge uh-huh. for me. I got a ton of listens when I was featured. So I said, yeah. Oh, let me throw a little advertising. So I, I haven't advertised on Twitter and I think at one point I did on Facebook, but this was for the radio station. Um, and this is KEXM. This is a while ago, not KLBP. What I'm getting at is I've, I've not, have never really advertised my show other than those few times. And I think it was like five or 10 bucks each time. So maybe $20 in total advertising. And that was it. I just wanted to see what happened. Help a little, not, not at 10 because you've got to spend a lot of money consistently over time. Right, Rob? That's how yeah. it all works. And that's yeah. how they get you on the dole. So I, I just wanted our listeners. I'm, I, I'm ranting here. Everyone knows I'm not a big fan of Facebook, but people need to know that. I mean, they're probably all like you can't figure out what's going on. And I, I when I took this class, I said, you got to be kidding me. This answers everything. Three percent, Rob. Yeah. Three percent. I, I, I have no it. idea. And that's, that's probably, I mean, that's probably the same kind of number. I mean, I was saying this is what Spreaker is doing. This, this is just um, human nature, right? When you go live, like with this show, this show when we triggered the, the live button, send out an email to everybody, and we're probably only getting 2 or 3% of people that even see that email within a reasonable period of time that right. that may consider clicking on the link and going to the show and listening to it live. So. That's that's why we're getting probably in, anywhere from fifteen to twenty people listening to this show live every week. Um, so it's not a huge number, um, but each each week we just keep consistently doing it. But people are working their jobs, people are yeah. traveling, people are in meetings, they're doing, they're living their lives. They, they people just don't sit around waiting for the next live show to come on. 
um, they're they're doing things. So everybody's just so used to on demand too. Yeah, like and that's television, and that's why ninety five, ninety eight percent of your audience is going to come from the on demand side. So um, well, it's still good to get that email going out because it tells those people at some point they'll see your 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 email from Spreaker and they'll take notice and maybe they'll click on it. It's it's a gamble. It's like running it's like sending a a promotional email to to a, a large group well, of people. You're gonna get a certain amount of response from it. Um but you may not connect with the live show. Um but you may connect uh later. But it, it, I mean, I'm sure the listeners. It this begs the question. I mean, should you even waste your time with Facebook? Three percent, three percent. So you could have a thousand well, followers. I've, I, I've backed off on using Facebook because it's yeah. it doesn't reach it doesn't reach my follow. I've got over a thousand followers or friends on my oh, you Facebook do. page. Wow, that's a lot. Okay, but but it's you know I don't I don't have that corresponding level of engagement on my what? on my Facebook page that I should have, right? Um, what a psychological screw job, too, right, Rob? You're like, I've got thousands of friends and nobody's sharing or listening to my podcast. I mean, that's yeah. kind of mentally defeating because because you, you're, they're not seeing it. You're like, well, they're all seeing it. No, they're not. They're not seeing it, Rob. Yeah. Well, they're also sensitive to what's called kind of um, your your Facebook wall noise is the term that's always been been referred to. It as too much content on there, and they. They have an algorithm that filters certain types of content. Like now they're filtering out um, social sharing of this fake news stuff, right? They've yeah. got some algorithm that can tell what's fake news or not. I guess it's based on probably the source. Um, but they're now filtering that out of people's um, visibility in their Facebook experience, which is, you know, when you start <clears throat> thinking about it, I mean, this is a form of censorship. I mean, it, it's a form right. of of filtering out what people see and prioritizing certain things based on some algorithm out there that somebody programmed. So it's, it's a very complex game, you know, and a lot of people are trying to grow shows off of social media and I'm not sure that that's the real practical way of doing it unless you're willing to buy advertising. Yeah. And, but I will say this on Twitter, if I, I mean, I've seen some of the because um, you can go and look at how many people have actually engaged or viewed the tweet. I'll I, certain tweets that are popular. It's not often, but I'll see some get you know five hundred, you know, a thousand engagements. It depends on the topic, obviously, um, and there'll be retweets and likes and all that. So I, I have a feeling that, and Twitter does have a pay for play type thing too. But I have a feeling they're not really. It's not as hardcore. Maybe they're at least letting you – maybe it's you know, 30 or 40 percent. I don't know. But from what I've seen, I only have like 2,000 followers I think on Twitter at this point. So it's not like you know, I'm, I'm getting pretty good engagement for what I'm doing there. But like Facebook, I remember towards the end of my reign there, and this is before a lot of this started happening. Now they have the whole hate speech police on there. They've hired thousands of people if they deem it hate speech. I don't know if I say, oh, I hate Libsyn and they're going to ban it or block it. You never know, right? What could, I mean it could be yeah. anything. Um, so, so now it's just going to be even more and more difficult for your stuff to show up. And when it's only 3% anyway, unless you pay, who cares? It's worthless. It's worthless. Yeah. There's no yeah. point in, in my opinion. Well, you know, I mean, it's I think for baby photos. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things to consider here too is, you know, the kind of the theme of this show really this week is, is about getting your show ready for advertising and, and certainly sharing, um, big numbers, uh, followers, uh, whether it be on Spreaker or 
Twitter or Facebook or, or whatever is compelling information for advertisers. So um, maybe there's a reason for you know, strategizing to grow these numbers just for that alone. If that's your goal is to is to get advertising, those advertisers um, like to see high numbers. You know, I hate to say it, but that's that's generally what they like to see. They like to see high download numbers or play numbers, and they like to see high follower numbers um, or friend numbers or however you want to, uh, whatever platform that you're <clears throat> referring to it. And that may be part of your your strategy is to build those numbers so you look as best as you can. You put on that lipstick on, you know, on what might be a little bit of a pig, you know. Um, look look as good as you can. Um, it may not be built on reality, um, but it it's it's a high number, right? I'm not advocating going out and buying followers or anything like that, which I know you can do. Uh, I think it does need to be based on some sort of basis of reality because that's going to translate into more potential listeners for you. So fake you need followers to... followers are worthless. What's the point of having fake, fake followers? I mean, what's the point? Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's it's not going to drive any benefit to your show to have, uh, you know, 10,000 fake followers. Um, but it, you know, it may have value to your show, to advertisers, and to your show to have 10,000 followers that you built organically and you built by going and following other people and you had a strategy to try and inspire people to to follow you. Yeah, Rob, the one or two instances I can see, this, this happens sometimes for people who say they're social media marketers or gurus and personal branding. You've seen these kind of people and they have mm -hmm. maybe an ebook or a video series program they want to sell you. So, so these people find value, right, in buying followers because if they have four, if they're following 400 people and you see, see they've got 150,000 yeah. followers, you go, Oh, they mustn't, they must know something. They must know what they're doing. Right. That's true. There is a higher numbers do a, kind of build credibility, right? It's a psychological thing. Right. Yeah. But the flip side of that, any Yahoo, which I Yahoo by, I mean me, anybody, <laughs> any Tom, Dick or Joe or Jane, can go at, to twitteraudit.com and put in the username and find out how many of those users are really fake. It'll tell you what percent. And I remember it was Barack Obama who famously had like a million fake followers, you know. But I've seen this with so many social media gurus, uh, Rob, and I'll go to their Twitter page and they'll, it'll be all fake followers. And then I say, hmm, let me check out their, their other social media. And I go to their YouTube channel. And this is someone who's supposed to they're, – they're talking about being viral. All right. I'm not going to someone just recently I saw I'm not going to name the guy, but he sells podcasting marketing programs. He wants to show you how to get. I think he says like part of his pitch is a million downloads of podcasts. Right. Rob, anyone who can promise that we, we already know is full of crap. But anyway, mm -hmm. he, he had a YouTube channel and I go there. He hasn't been active in two years. And the, the most you know views he had was like, I think, two or three hundred dollars on a YouTube video. So how is he going to tell me? how to go viral and I'm going to hire this expert when I, I can get hundreds of thousands of views or thousands of downloads. Right. And I've, so a lot of these so-called gurus will buy followers. They just, for whatever, and it's really contradicting the kind of information that's already out there. Anyone can tell, you know, there's countless articles and blog posts about how it's a bad idea to get fake followers, but they'll still do it. And they see a value in that. And I'm sure that's, you know, you know, happening with every platform, 
Facebook, Spreaker, all of them, right? Well, Just it's so cheap to buy them, right? I mean, that right. th- th- that's part of the problem is you can go in and you can buy 5,000 followers for, what, 10 bucks or something. Yeah. <laughs> because they don't cost anything to generate. It's just some server that will just, you know, rack up a number, right? So it's it, it doesn't take any work on anybody's part to build those numbers up. Now, granted, platforms and- like, like Spreaker are actively on the back end um, blocking those those uh, th- those services and Spreaker's constantly um, validating and checking security on these kind of things because we we value real numbers and real engagement and real connections between our community uh, and we don't want to see people you know game in the system and spending right. five bucks to to ramp up you know you know to have a server ping our servers. 5,000 times or 10,000 times, um, that costs us money, and, but it, it doesn't do anything to build the platform. Yeah, and it's and, you know it's tempting. I remember when I first started trying to grow my show, I said, hey, you know, that these people will add you on Twitter or whatever social media. I'm sure they're infiltrating Facebook as well and all these other platforms, but at least on Twitter, they'll say, hey, you know, they'll follow you and you look at their profile and it's buy 5,000 Twitter followers, buy 10,000. Buy- and I was going, hmm, maybe that's a good idea. Should I do that? Now, me thinking, this is before I was naive years ago, I said, well, it, like, you know, the personal type, uh, and not only just the, the, the personal branding, like it makes you look like an expert or authority in your field. And this is when I wasn't, I didn't even consider myself an expert. I just wanted to do, do a show and get more followers. But I said, this is interesting. Maybe it's worth buying these followers because they'll become listeners is what I'm thinking, Rob. Right. Yeah. So I'll buy, you know, I'll get 5000 people who go, I don't care how I got them. They wouldn't have known about me otherwise. Maybe they're advertising to them. I don't care. And then I can, you know, tweet out to them and maybe they'll listen to the show and share it. Well, no, because they're all they call them eggheads, but it's just their fake profiles. Right. It's a little picture of the egg. Right. Because they never even uploaded a photo. They never did a buyout. They're just fake. They're fake profiles. They're completely fake. They, they go to BS emails and there's there's absolutely nobody behind those accounts. So you who cares if 5,000 fake accounts are following with you? It's not going to do you any good. They're not going to listen. Nobody's yeah. behind them. Yeah, exactly. So There's you learn there. pretty quick. Yeah, once you start Googling and you research this, because listen, I don't spend five bucks. I don't spend 10 bucks on the internet without researching it, right? So I'm like, is this really worthwhile? And then I heard, I saw all the bad news on how it, it, it'll really hurt you because the savvy people know they can do a Twitter audit and you look like a phony. Baloney. Yeah. Jabroni. Exactly. Yeah, you've you've kind of hurt your own credibility too. Yeah. So it's it's not a it's not a good thing, and you know. But I do think that followers are are important if they're done in the right way. Um, I do. I mean, full disclosure here. I I go into other people's um, profiles on Spreaker and that are talking about topics that are maybe you're related to this show, and I I will follow their followers, and oftentimes well, I get that's a certain a good amount strategy. of. I, I get a certain amount of conversion of people following me back. So no, that's I, a great strategy. Yeah. I, I mean, I did that early on with this show and it turned out to be 6,200 followers, you know? Yeah, no, um, I, I don't knock social media completely, but I'm saying the fake ones. No, I go and I definitely snipe influencers on other people's Twitters and I haven't been doing it yeah. that, that much on Spreaker uh, or YouTube, but I do on Twitter, you know, just because I want yeah. other radio people, podcasters and 
uh, things like that. But oh yeah, no, I snipe other people's. Well, and I, I, I'm I, sure I, mean, I went through yours, Rob. Well, yeah, and I think you know this show is is all about trying to reach as many of the Spreaker podcast creators as I can. So it, it actually fits with my strategy. It fits with my model of of trying to make this show something that could be beneficial to Spreaker platform users. Um, and reaching out and following them. I mean, a lot of these people don't have any followers. Like, I, I'll, I'll be the first follower that they have. And so they're going to be like, yeah, I have a follower now. <laughs> you know? right, so, right. so, you know, and that's, I see that as kind of, kind of my role is to kind of be that outreach. And it's like putting my hand out, shaking their hand and say, welcome to Spreaker. It's kind of my, that's kind of how I think about it. Um, and you can certainly do that with your show too. There's nothing to stop you. Um, yeah, I think, and that's a a truer way of doing it, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of people do look at, I mean, I always look at somebody who they're following, not always, but if it's someone I'm interested in, I'll look at who they're following to see who I'm missing out on. So it's a, it's a good strategy. Yeah. But, uh, well, Alex, let's, let's kind of move on from that. I mean, if you want to yeah. read more about that, uh, go, go check out the Spreaker blog, uh, blog.spreaker.com. And we've, we posted up a, a little article on there that talks about kind of the benefits and how it works and how you can find it in the CMS system and stuff like that. It's, it's really a part of the, all of the other core data sets that are in there, like demographics and plays and, and, um, sources, countries where people are listening from and things like that so it's all part of that 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 list and it'll show you like a bar chart of of your um, growth and decline of your followers is is really at at his bottom line but uh well let's talk about next here in the last uh, few minutes of the show um kind of our main topic was uh how to be ready and when are you ready for podcast advertising in your show and what what does it take you know uh, I think a lot of podcasters would love to be able to earn a little bit of a living, maybe uh, make a mortgage payment or two of doing their podcast um, or, you know, be able to buy all their groceries or something like that by doing their show. Uh, it's a pretty humble goal, um, but I think it's for for many shows, it, it's probably might be achievable. So it's just, you know, I know Spreaker has some monetization tools that we're uh, we're offering right now around pre-roll advertising. Uh, we're working on deeper uh, monetization tools that will allow for um, dynamic ad insertion. Uh, you can certainly do host read advertising in, in there. But but I think before you head down that path, you need to kind of like get through some some doors, right, of, of uh, what your show is capable of doing and how you've kind of packaged your show um, and, and how you think about your show, you need to really at a core level, you need to think about your show as kind of like a business, right? Um, a lot of podcasters do it as a hobby, right? And it's, and it never reaches kind of that, that threshold of professionalism and, and, uh, documentation and, um, really diving in and knowing your audience, you know, how big your audience is kind of general demographic information, kind of getting it into a, to like, almost like a media kit is is one thing that you can start building for your show. Um, so you get yourself in a mindset where you're thinking about your show from an av- advertiser perspective um, and start thinking about where you might want to put ad spots in your show. Um, but I think before you kind of pursue that, I think you need to really think about is your show at a 
scale where it actually would make sense for an advertiser to advertise on your show. If you're just doing a couple hundred downloads or a couple hundred plays, you're probably not at a point where you can really monetize that that effectively uh, around the dynamic ad insertion and, and some of these capabilities that Spreaker doesn't have right now. But um, being be able to get like uh, CPA advertisers, which is cost per acquisition, which is typically the type of advertising that's dominant in the podcasting space, which are typically host reads, um, basically testimonial endorsements that have like a promo code or something like that, like a conversion code that then um, um, that listener can go and buy that product or service and, and associate it with your ad. Uh, that's called a CPA campaign, a cost per acquisition. It's a customer acquisition campaign, which is the most common advertising methodology in the podcasting space today. That's where most of the, the couple hundred million in revenue is coming in from is those type of advertisers. Um, then the, the next level is CPM advertising, which is cost per thousand advertisers, which are um, typically brand-oriented uh, advertisers, but they can also be um, CPA-like advertisers or, or um, advertisers are looking for a return on investment directly from your show based on customer conversion or customer adoption or gaining new customers or purchasing uh, products from that advertiser's website or what, whatever. Th- those are kind of the the cores of this space. Um, but one of the things that you need to think about, too, as you kind of move down this path is you have to be very consistent with the production of your show. A lot of the advertisers expect a regular schedule. Um, you know, you produce your show every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, and you do that every week, and you're consistent. And those audience numbers are fairly consistent across that, too. That's kind of what they're looking for. Is They're looking for being able to buy in on a campaign over a period of time, like maybe it's eight weeks, and they're going to want to have a certain amount of of audience reach over those eight weeks. And for you to, to prove that you have a history of doing that is important, right? So you need to be able to grow your audience and actually show some steady growth in your audience in your statistics. And that all gets also put into a media kit. Um, but, but it's very important. One of the things that um, typically is done is that you have um, your, your download and play numbers are usually averaged out over a four-week period. So let's say you publish an episode um, today, uh, you will average your listenership numbers over a four-week period, and you'll package that in your media kit, and you'll say, these are my numbers over over a four-week period of time of listening to a, a particular episode. Uh, because people listen to it. I mean, like this show, this show grows... Um, fairly slowly over many, many weeks. And many of the episodes continue to grow in downloads over months and months and into the future too. So it depends on the kind of content that you create, uh, whether or not you have that evergreen content stuff, which is typically the type of shows that really benefit from dynamic ad insertion. Now I know I'm jumping around a little bit here on these topics and it's, it's a little bit complicated, but the core is is getting a little media kit pulled together, and that's just kind of like a multi-sheet presentation. It can be a PDF file, something like that, that has your show branding on it, your description of your show, and the content that you produce. has some bio information about the producers and the hosts. Um, it has basic statistics, 
like numbers of downloads, like I was talking about over a four-week period, your publishing schedule, your estimated audience size over that four-week period of time, which is basically that's the reach of your podcast and how many people, unique listeners, <clears throat> over that four-week period of time. And basic demographic information, too, like age, gender, <clears throat> where they're listening from, what cities, what countries around the world. Because a lot of a lot of the advertisers will, will want to focus on primarily a U.S. audience, or they're open to a global audience based on their their target market and who and who and what they can sell on, online. And then uh, what you want to also add is quotes or reviews or press related materials related to your podcast. So if you had an article written about your show or or you have a bunch of uh, reviews in 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 um, iTunes about your show, you'd want to quote those in that document as well. And also list there what type of advertising that you want to do, whether you do pre-rolls, mid-rolls, post-rolls, um, what's, the, um, what's the number of s spots you have, how long are the spots, um, those kind of things. You need to make decisions about those kind of things. And then obviously put your contact you know, information there, your email address, your phone number, all, all that kind of stuff as well. So the advertisers can, can contact you. Um, so that's, that's kind of at its core what you have to put together. Um, <clears throat> but you have to really start thinking about your show in a different way. Alex, what's kind of your experience with this? Have you packaged up a show like this before and tried to pitch advertisers? Yeah, well, with the extra experience I have, and I have a, I call it a, same thing you're talking about, a media kit, but I call it, a, you know, a, a promo sheet. It's just four sheets. It's a PDF file. Mm -hmm. And it just basically says, you know, the numbers I'm doing and where are my distribution channel and all that stuff. I heart radio, tune in Stitcher, mm -hmm. you know, you list them all and just let people know where they are, yep. how many numbers you're doing approximately per month. I reference only the only reason being I don't use Spreaker analytics because Spreaker does pull in um, I heart radio. Uh, I'm sorry, YouTube and all that. The only reason but the only reason I don't use Spreaker analytics is because. Everyone in the marketing world is just familiar with Google Analytics. Like that's what they want to see, right? That, that yeah. that's they just Google Analytics is just like the standard. And I just usually go by most of it is through YouTube. I say, well, here are the podcasts you know uploaded this month, and here's what they're doing on YouTube. And you mm -hmm. can go to Spreaker also, and you'll see the numbers on uh, Spreaker reflect that as well. So in, in other words, I'm not trying to confuse them, but for some reason, Google Analytics is what they want to see. So I have that. I yeah. tell them I can show you, you can go through Spreaker, I can show you that or screenshots, whatever. Um, but I, I keep it really simple. I, I mean, I, I've got, I opened it up as you were mentioning it, right? I just pulled it up from my website. But it's just the first page says how many plays I'm getting a month, where the distribution channel is the second page. And then, well, I should say the third page because the first page is a title. And then the fourth is a pitch. It just says, let me do the talking for you online, on air, in person. And then it has all my stuff, right? So, you know, how to contact me and what, you know, what we can do. So... You know, it's a tricky question, Rob. When are you ready for advertising? It, I was doing the sh my show for years before I even approached anyone, you know, any advertiser and even thought about doing affiliate marketing. People can do that or using promo codes. I talk about promo codes all the time. I just mm -hmm. got a Google Express. I just got $10 free from Google Express the other day. And that's from a show I did over two years ago now. And every once in a while, I'll still get another $10 credit. So it's cool because you can buy just about anything. It's like Amazon, anything you want. And I do most of my shopping online. But what I'm getting at is promo codes are a good way to see if people are responding to your show and using them. And then when you get the note, an email, and these companies are pretty good at paying you, 
They do it really quick. You say, hey, I got an extra credit or I got, you know, $10. Sometimes they won't pay you out until you reach, like for Google AdSense, it's $100. So at that threshold, you and I recommend you monetize your YouTube videos if you're trying to advertise. And you'll see the kind of numbers you have to do. Google AdSense and having a YouTube channel, just putting your podcast out there, will kind of smack you down to reality really quick. Because you're like, well, I'm doing pretty good. I'm, you know, my podcast gets, you know, 500 listens or 500 downloads or whatever you think is really good. And that's actually not bad. Don't get me wrong. But what that equates to in AdSense money <laughs> Not much. It's not much. Couple yeah. dollars. Yeah. So you know, two fifty. Back in the early so, days of of Google AdSense, they actually paid out pretty well, but uh, they, it's been they, it's been eroding money. for years and years now. It's yeah. been robbed. They, they've robbed it, and well, now it's terrible. Just within the last this year, 2017 was the uh, ad apocalypse. But I think <laughs> if you're if you're really gonna take this seriously, I think having a media kit, like you said, is a good idea. I think experimenting with affiliate links and promo codes is always good before you maybe approach um, advertisers. I approached advertisers, I think maybe a little prematurely. You know, I was really getting I was getting cocky because I had some big numbers. My YouTube channel was going well. I'm like, well, all these other people have like big numbers and stuff like that. Uh, it's sobering, you know, when you find out the kind of numbers they really want to see. Yeah. to advertise so it's like uh, five five to ten thousand is the entry point you know plays or downloads either uh, probably both. i don't care yeah plays and so, downloads yeah right so that's a lot i mean for the average podcaster lot. i mean that's a lot of- yeah i mean it's like in the upper probably the upper you know two or three percent of all podcasts yeah. are in that and- that size and, and that's why I like taking everything out to YouTube because if I if, – let's say I get a couple thousand views for a video or some of – you know, even more, I'm going to get a little – I'm going to get money. So if you get – you know, if you do a video and you get 500,000 views, you're going to get some money. You yeah. know, uh, AdSense over the last year, let's say 2016, I made over – I forget what – I had to fill out a tax return for the first time. It was like twelve or 1,300 bucks for the year. So that'll buy you some equipment and pay for your hosting. I mean, to have the radio station hosting account is like twelve hundred bucks, right? So you'd be breaking even. <laughs> if, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and that's just Spreaker. I mean, some of these other ones are more expensive. Go find your own hosting solution. But when you really start using hosting, and you need a website, you need to upgrade your mic, mixers. I mean, you spend a little money. So it's nice to make some. Um, yeah. But it's not. It's not gonna. Uh, it's not easy. It's, it's not gonna not buy your next either. house. Yeah, and it's and. Unfortunately, and, and and hopefully that will change over time. But I think you could. still have to focus on growing your audience, and you have to focus on engagement with that audience. Because at the end of the day, it's about return on investment. I mean, I mean, if you have five hundred people listening to your show, but you're getting half of those people buying stuff through your show based on your recommendations, that's some that's some some money for an advertiser. I think it also gets back to how niche your show is and what your niche is because certain niches um like a let's say like a a show talking about medical equipment or something like that might might actually have a pretty good roi because if if your show is about talking about something that's you know like cars or you know big ticket items it only takes a couple of transactions to to pay for an advertisement you know so I think it depends yeah, on what your high. topic I mean, is. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them are really high. But that's, you know, you've really got to be, like you said, very focused. And yeah. um, the, the, those are hard to get. I mean, there's ways of finding them. And, and if you want to focus your show to a 
money-making venture, right? And people do that. People launch podcasts with the sole purpose of making money. You can go Google Trends and Google AdWords and things like that and find out what pays the most and what people are, are interested yep. in. And then there's a whole system of doing that. But that's uh, way beyond the topic of the show. But, yeah, but probably the easiest way to get started in doing any of this stuff um, is affiliate marketing. Um, ah, I love it. Yeah, Works I mean, I think it's the easiest. Now, keep in mind, too, that your show isn't going to be a better show because you add affiliate marketing spots in your in your show. So that's that's always the, the check and balance that you have to think about before you do this is, is if you prematurely add advertising, it can turn off some people. So, mm-hmm. and it could stunt your your audience development um, over over a period of time if you start too soon. Um, I think you have to reach a certain level, and I think you also have to prepare your audience um, in advance for this kind of stuff. I mean, and and let them know what you're doing and why you're doing it, and and why you, th- that audience is going to start hearing some some affiliate promos. Uh, I think it's important to bring your audience along and, and let them give you feedback on uh, whether or not they think it's a good idea for you to do that or ask them if they, if you think that, uh, if they think that you're ready for that, I mean, get their engagement, get their connection with this. Um, cause they're the ones that are going to have to convert, uh, for yeah. it to work for you. So you got to get them to buy in as much as you can. Maybe ask them what kind of advertisers you think uh, would be appropriate for us, or that they would be okay to to hear from. So, uh, and yeah, close yeah. to your niche, you know. And I, I think that's a great way of doing it. Um, you know, being podcasters, we talk about podcasting. We like audio, right? And audio books. So if you go to alexxm.com slash free, you can get free two download books from Audible. Yes. Shameless plug. See, that's how it works, folks. I know. It's amazing how that works. Well, and also, I I also did a whole show talking about um, listener feedback and listener comments. Remember, we did this this show where I I focused on, we talked about engagement with listeners, providing feedback and and contributing to the show. Um, And then after that, we saw a big spike in people doing that, right? So it, it, there's a, there is an advantage for bringing your audience along with you on this stuff. So any other yeah, thoughts? And Alex? also yeah. the, 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 the great sales tactic, uh, Rob, ask for the sale. Like when people, you know, say, Hey, look, I'm trying to support the show. Close them. Uh, click on my affiliate links, you know, <laughs> help support it or go to my, I said it before, go to my YouTube channel and click around on some of the ads on my videos. That would really help. You know, I don't say that much anymore since YouTube, YouTube, you know, blew yeah. us all out. But yeah. Anyway. But you do need to close. Um, I got to close the sale. <laughs> you got you to close the sale. You got to you have to ask for for the purchase and and know when to shut up. You know, I mean, once you and, close the sale, just go with it, right? And but, yeah, and I think yeah. affiliates are much better. Rob, real quick, I got to say because I used to uh, ask for donations, and in the history of my show, I think I've had two or three donations in total. Not even, I mean, I'm very appreciative for the donations, but I mean, it wasn't a lot. It was like 50 bucks. The other one was a couple of bucks. So that's all I got. That's fine. You know, it was great. It was greatly appreciated. I forget the other, I mean, it was very, it wasn't even more than a hundred dollars what I'm getting at. So I don't know if the donation model works for other people. I know a lot of people get involved with Patreon. I think you have to have a big audience already to, to make money through Patreon and have people 
you know, give you money per episode type thing. So it's a tricky, it's a tricky thing. That's why affiliate links works. If it's a product or service they might already use. Well, you have to add, add more value. I mean, you have to add more value. I mean, the, the Patreon model only works if you're willing to do bonus content. Um, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. There has to be some sort of a prize or benefit or additional value that you share with your audience for that model to actually work. I mean, a lot of people that use Patreon will produce an extra 10 minutes of their show or they'll, they'll do a, you know, like a book or something like that or tips for something. And those subscribers get the, that bonus content. Well, for bands and things, I think that's great, right? We're going to give you a single and unreleased song or some, you know, Something yeah. like that. But for podcasts, it's a little difficult. I guess if it was, like you said, extended material, maybe a bonus interview, yeah. you know, when we turn the mic off, this is what we talked about. That might sell. But it's tough for podcasters. I don't know. It's a yeah. tough sell on Patreon. I haven't seen many po- – well, some podcasters. I haven't seen a lot of podcasters very successful on that unless they have huge yeah. numbers, like I said. So. Yeah. Anyway. Well, well let's, uh, let, let's move on and talk about uh, a, a, a comment that Linda Irwin posted to yes. last week's show Linda, she posted Linda, a Linda, comment Linda. Uh, about our conversation about uh, speaker showing or not showing your play numbers and your download numbers she said i recall some people when previously discussed wanted certain um, shows to have their numbers showing and some not um, and and i'll i'll ask the listeners to this show because um, i turned off the numbers for this show do you think that there's some value there in you being able to see the listener numbers for this show? I turned them off just as an experiment. I'm, I could turn them back on tomorrow or today if I wanted to. Um, I, I'm not trying to hide anything. I'm just playing around with this. I, I want to get your feedback on whether or not uh, we should turn it back on. Does it help you evaluate whether or not you're you're wanting to listen to the show? Um, Alex, what, what's your thought in regard to Linda's comment here? Well, I think it would be good per show uh, instead of per your entire account on Spreaker. So if you wanted to have some off and some on, and I talked about that one being, it came up recently, Rob, and I said, well, I was submitting for some voiceover work and things like that. And I said, I don't want them to hear some of the demos and ads I've done and there not be, you know, a hundred or a thousand listens and them go, oh, should we even listen to this and go away? <laughs> right. Because if they see yeah. another someone else who submits and their demo got, you know, 12,000 views, they might just say, oh, this guy's more. Look at all the listens. So I said, hmm. You know, so I think maybe there is a benefit for not having those show. And I think that actually is uh, that bears out, I guess you would say, from the other podcasting services other than Spreaker who really don't show the numbers. So there's a reason yeah. I think they they wouldn't or they would, right? They, or they'd show the numbers if they thought it would help them. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I know sometimes at Spreaker it does help me if I want to listen to a show and I see they got a ton of listens. I go, ooh, interesting episode. So let's say they've done, you know, I see the when you click on their account, there's five or six shows and one of them has – a thousand listens. The others have four. I'm going to listen to the ones that got a thousand listens, probably. Uh, so I don't know, Rob. I, I think it's best left up to the user. And if they want to have a particular show turned off, I think they should be able to. Well, I mean, I'm thinking about more from like this show. I mean, I've got the public numbers are currently turned off, and I did notice that there was a dip in the listenership uh, mm, from see? last 
last week's episode. So it might uh, hurt on 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 Spreaker itself. So mm. uh, it was like almost cut in half. So I don't really? know what. Uh, see, I can't see the numbers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but if I turned it back on again, you would see that contrast, right? And I'm not wow. sure if if uh, people come in and and see that there's you know. 300 people have listened to this episode that 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 confirms some value or something like that um i i'm tempted to just go in and turn it back on again and see if this episode um uh, goes back to the normal levels again um mm, so interesting. interesting interesting yeah, yeah, yeah so that's a good experiment to run yeah so linda th- thanks for the comment there and and uh, thanks linda it, it raised another topic of discussion um that could be a benefit to speaker users and maybe there's a value there that uh, uh, we don't totally understand yet so everybody's turning their numbers back on as we speak yeah exactly exactly oh, i can get more listens if i turn my numbers back on again yeah yeah if i drop in half that yeah means exactly I'm, i hate that negative hate... two listeners <laughs> but but the downloads still maintained their their same numbers so which makes well, cuz that's probably yeah, yeah it's not a, from iTunes, that's not so. a speaker platform thing. That's a off-platform thing. So, because I, um, I mean, I think I don't know. I got, I'd have to look at the numbers. I would think ninety percent of my downloads are through iTunes, and then the rest maybe through Spreaker, and that's it. Because the other ones you can't really download, right? So yeah. it's iTunes. Well, it's more of a Spreaker. play. It's, I mean, on Spreaker, no, but you can, you know how you can, play. yeah. No, but you know how you can download it through Spreaker if you enable it is what I'm sure. saying. So sure. I know some people download it and they say, oh, I'll listen to it later and just download it on their laptop. But uh, everything else is paid. Uh, what, what am I saying? Not pay to play, but it's streamed. It's, there's no download involved. It's just basically iTunes. Yeah. So, yeah, downloads don't really fluctuate much for me either. I think it's pretty consistent. Yeah. Well, Alex, uh, thanks for doing the show with me. I think well, we're going to call, call it a day. Okay. So on the show, and but thank you for listening to the show this week, um, and come back and uh, listen next week, uh, next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern from SpreakerLiveShow.com. And if you have a question or comment, certainly send it to, to me. Um, you can send it to Rob at Spreaker.com, and that's with an R, Spreaker. And uh, Spreaker does have a Twitter account, um, at Spreaker, and I have one as well, at Rob Greenlee, and that's with two E's on the end. And Alex, how can a listener get a hold of you? I'm at Alex at AlexXM.com. I'm on Twitter at uh, AlexXM and YouTube.com slash AlexXM. All right. You're AlexXM everywhere. Awesome. You got it, baby. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for, for listening, and we'll be back again next week. Thanks, and look forward to having you back. 